Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities. IberiaBank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. If you listen to the show, you've probably heard me talk about how many incredibly talented people we have here in New Orleans and how many remarkable businesses are springing up right here. Today, I want you to meet a couple of people whose businesses are not just remarkable for being here in New Orleans, they're on the cutting edge of technology anywhere. I met Stacy Cannon briefly at Idea Village's Entrepreneur Week. Ever since that meeting, I've been looking forward to sitting down to talk more with Stacy about her fascinating company with the unusual name Grok and Banter. Grok and Banter is sort of a combination of Big Brother and magic. It gathers information about what people look at, not online, but in the real world, and analyzes it. Stacy, I know that's a hopelessly inadequate description of your sophisticated technology, but nonetheless, welcome out to lunch. Hi, thank you for having <laughs> me. <laughs> now, Ryan Becknell's company is called R&D Design. The company designs websites and marketing campaigns, but that's just the bread and butter. At the cutting edge of their design business is their work with virtual reality. And if you're asking yourself, what is virtual reality? I'm right there with you. We're about to find out. Ryan, welcome down to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, we'll come back to virtual reality in a minute, but first, Stacy, as I understand it, your company is in two parts, Grok and Banter. Grok is a device, and Banter is a piece of software. Grok is attached to something like an advertising display in a store that records information about who looks at it, and Banter analyzes that information into variables like gender, age, and so on. Firstly, do I have that part right? Sort of. Okay. <laughs> um, we don't actually know who specifically looks at uh, the advertisement or the product. We can see facial expression, so guesstimate of emotional sentiment. Wow, and I think of the name. I know the name is rather odd. Grok, to me, is the name of the tight end for the Patriots, and <laughs> banter is that conversation musicians have uh, in between songs. What, the, what does it really mean to you, though? Well, I think we're having banter here. Oh, right? yes, absolutely. <laughs> so far, so good. Um, the, the name actually came from the original product that we developed, and it's a complete deviation from what we're doing. Similar, it's almost similar to what you guys are doing. We were incorporating virtual reality on coffee cups. Um, that was in 2012. This is sort of a gag show. Is this really what you're no, doing? No, this is real. <laughs> now, Stacey, what does Grok look like? Yeah. Uh, how does it actually work? What makes it something other than like a camera? So something other than a camera, it has sensors attached to it and it has a computer attached to it, um, but it's about the size of your phone. No bigger really? than your phone. And uh, now picture where... Uh, 
I might see it. Would it be on a, an advertising, uh, like an end cap display in a, in a store? It could be on an end cap display. It could be on an advertisement that's on a bus shelter. It could be on an advertisement that's in the mall or the cinema. Um, the Give me the bus, bus shelter yeah. example. Tell me how that would work or where it would be. So it would actually be embedded in the sign infrastructure. It's very similar to a security camera. It can be exposed. It just depends on what our customers would like. Now, Ryan, everything I know about virtual reality is what I've seen online. It's pretty much always a young guy in a plaid shirt with what looks like a shoebox strapped to his head, like a 3D blindfold. I, I assume this generic guy is looking at a mind-blowing image of the Grand Canyon that makes you feel like you're really there and not just like a movie. It's, it's immersive. So that when you look up and down or move, you feel like you're really looking around. Is this giant goggles thing what virtual reality really is? Or is this a, a clunky step on the way to what it's going to become? Currently, a virtual reality, you can be immersed with a headset on. Um, and you can go all the way from a um, Samsung VR gear, um, which is about $100, all the way up to a Oculus Rift, which is around 1500 and you have to have a computer to kind of run software uh, that will display things on that. Um, right till now, I think of things that would be fun to do with it, but what's the commercial application? I think it's limitless. Um, commercial applications, what we're doing now is we have partnered with uh, music festivals to show what it's like to be on stage at maybe French Quarter Fest. Um, we've had a a camera on top of Endymion's Captain's Float for Mardi Gras this year. Um, so you're able to get a perspective that you would never be able to get unless you're a captain in Endymion or you're on stage at like French Quarter Fest. Right? No. <laughs> That's a, so you've, the first thing you do is you set up a camera to record this, but then you take that and put it in this virtual reality format? Correct. The easy part is, is filming it. Um, and the part that takes a little bit of art and craft is the post-production to where you're actually stitching multiple camera images together to create one virtual environment uh, for your user. Tell me about the example that I read that really interested me is the applications for like real estate, like looking at a new home. How would that work? So uh, we recently partnered uh, with Philly Realty and we're able to go into uh, a new home um, and have the builder or agent of that home walk us through, um, point to things that we wouldn't notice on our own if we were just viewing that. Um, and it just, it takes a buyer that may be out of town yeah. um, and you're able to show them about five homes virtually um, and then they can narrow that down and then when they do come in town to make that big purchase, they have a really good idea at where they're going, what they're looking at and, and make the best use of their time. Wow. Now, is Grok uh, observable in real time to a client, and what's the privacy legal issue? Uh, how would that work? So, we are available in real time. Okay. Not all of the metrics are available in real time, but most of them are reach and view, duration of view. Um, the privacy, anything that's outside is in public. 
Okay. There aren't legal issues with recording. There are ethical issues or ethical boundaries that we're um, making sure that we're not crossing. And um, we're working with some of the best attorneys in the United States to make sure that we address those appropriately. And there are some legal issues with storing data. So we're making sure that our security is top notch. Stacy, did you come up with this? Are you a scientist in, in real life? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a sociologist and an industrial designer. I'm fascinated with human behavior. So you've kind of think Ryan and I are probably very out interesting. There. Oh, very interesting. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. This is, this is like dating a psychiatrist. This is very bad. There's something. <laughs> oh, they, and Brian, what's your background now that I ask? It uh, was not in the fruit industry like I originally thought. It was not in the thought. fruit industry. I tried to get into it, but it was just, it was saturated <laughs> oh. with Becknell. So I had to find something else to do. Um, so my background, I've worked in transportation. Uh, I was the director of marketing for a local company. Uh, here and then I moved into a startup which was re in renewable energy um, and so that's where I was for the past three years uh, being the director of marketing there. Um, and so you, um, you're, the, you're not a big corporate kind of guy. It sounds like you're either on your own or in, a, in startup situations. I, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the, I, the idea of building a corporate uh, company or structure or culture based on like startup. It's like the feel yeah. of a startup. Um, but not going into an already No, I don't like, well, once you get your investors, I'll be out the door. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, good to, that's good to know. Yeah. They, uh, hey. No, when I, I think about your business, though, we talk about the virtual reality is the, the real sexy part, but you do a lot of, I mean, you pay the bills through your, your marketing ability and, and brand management, things like that. Yeah, correct. So uh, what we've found is, is, you know, virtual reality is new right now, and that its best use has been a, a marketing tool for us um, to reach new clients, and we think that's a great marketing tool for them as well. Uh, but yeah, traditionally we we operate as any other marketing company would. Um, so building websites, creating print campaigns, helping out with brand management. Stacy, um, is uh, your product is it available just regionally, or do you have it in the out in the hinterlands? So we've been here in New Orleans, and we've also been in New York. Oh. That's so it. far. And uh, is that just the first step? I mean, do you, I mean what your we supplying could be used anywhere. It can be used anywhere, but there are different um, legalities outside of the U.S. that we have to consider before going in outside of the U.S. And um, when you step out of this region, are there people doing what you're doing or something similar or... Um, there are a couple of companies out there that are doing similar things. Uh, there are a lot of, or I guess a handful of people counters. So what we qualify as reach, the opportunity to see, um, these companies can provide that information as well. Wow. How did you actually design this? So the hardware, we, I, I, I guess let me start from the beginning. I was uh, hired to design advertisements um, for uh, traditional advertising means. And I had never designed for billboards before, and that was a very big f platform. Um, I come from a very metrics-driven background, and so it was really important to me to figure out a way or to find a way that would measure the effectiveness of the creative. Um, when I researched it, I couldn't find anything. And uh, actually, that's not true. I did find the TAB. It doesn't measure the creative. It measures the placement um, or the placement location. And so I uh, felt like there was something 
there was a need for this. It was necessary for me to have it. And um, so came up with one product. It didn't quite out quite work out for us. And, and what I learned from that is that consumers don't want to participate. They don't want to have to do something. They don't want to have to download an app. They might do it as a novelty, right. but they lose attention. They lose their interest in it. So it was really important for me to figure out a way to, um, I guess, uh, capture this information passively. And I was actually sitting in a casino with my dad having lunch <laughs> one day. He lived in Vegas for that. a while. <laughs> and I looked up and noticed a camera up on the ceiling and thought, they're not just using that for security, they're also using that for marketing. That is so clever. And that was how I came up with Now, Stacy Ryan, it's time for the part of the show we call Let Me Ask You This. I'm sure both of you have been on plenty of job interviews, and, and now you're on the other side of the desk hiring people. Human resource folks at a number of companies have come up with inventive interview questions designed to tell you more about a person than just an oral recitation of a resume. Uh, I have 20 of these questions here, and I'm going to ask you one each. So I need you to, to pick a number between 1 and 20. 16. 16. Sweet 16. Stacy, if you were on an island and you could bring only three things, what would you bring? My two children. Oh, good. Good idea. That, that's very important. They're very resourceful. They are. <laughs> and you're just going to go with the martini for the third, or what are you going to use as your... I think I'll go with a lighter. A lighter? Probably a bad choice, but yeah, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go with it. Do you plan to... I feel like I need to eat. Get emphysema out there? Was that... I don't know what the... <laughs> Well, good. All right. Maybe alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe alcohol. <laughs> All right. Ryan. I'm going to take 17. 17. Yeah. Right after hers. It's like, <laughs> what was the last gift you gave someone? I gave my uh, nephew a iWatch for his birthday. Hey. Or an Apple Watch. Is that what they're yeah, calling it? Yeah, whatever they Apple, are. They should have called it iWatch. See, that's good because you're like the high-tech uncle. I'm like the hunter. I want I want him to be exposed early oh, to technology and see how he uses it. Is he just a virtual nephew or no? This real, is a real, real life nephew. Good, good. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know there's some confusion in your industry, and that's why I wanted to come. <laughs> All right, Stacy Ryan. Let's do a round of one quick question. Uh, these are questions that have come in from listeners over the past week. Stacy, I'll start with you again. Here's a question that came in on Facebook for you. It's from Lisa Leonardi Musso. That's a lot of vowels like my name. Lisa asks, which medium of outdoor advertising seems to be most effective? Uh, I'm going to go with pedestrian friendly right now. Pedestrian friendly. Is that even one of our options? What, is that? what does that mean? <laughs> this is tripping people on the sidewalk and getting them to buy a product. What is, what is pedestrian friendly? Pedestrian friendly is um, anything that you're exposed to uh, as a pedestrian. While you're walking. Yes. Just give me an example of that, because I, like a billboard would be too high to look at. Right, billboards are too high. So um, we said one earlier, which was bus shelters or any of the signs that are in malls and cinemas, stadiums. Store windows, or is that a different category? It's a different category, um, window displays. But yes, it's a different, definitely pedestrian friendly. Now, Ryan, this question came in for you on Twitter from Roz Bitsky, who asked, how have the new federal guidelines on drones altered or affected your business? The new regulations are always changing. Um, we have applied for a Section 333 exemption, um, which lets us use our drone for commercial use. 
um, their their FAS current laws right now, where if you're to use it for recreational, it's it's to fly above you know 300 feet, don't go above pedestrians, keep eye line of sight. Uh, but once you go to sell that footage, the rules change a little bit. Um, so in August, they're creating uh, a little easier way to uh, become compliant uh, with those rules and get certified uh, through the FAA. Um, however, we're navigating those channels right now through working with vendors that have a 333 exemption um, on jobs that require us to do aerial footage as well. Wow. Now, when, when you're talking about that, I'm, I'm thinking this is the front end of, the, of your product. This is the gathering part, mm -hmm. the, the drone part and such. So, and then I have a question I should have asked you earlier. is When you go through these, uh, using it in the real estate application, is there a guide? Like, a, like the way a realtor would say, you can see this closet will fit seven mailmen or whatever they usually say. For the VR part? Yeah, yeah. Yes, there is a guide. Uh, so we can use a real-life person or we can just use voiceover. Um, we're, we're playing with the ideas of, all, like, you know, it's like augmented virtual reality. So we're taking the real world and then we're going to have, like, digital characters or real characters that could be in it. Um, I think that's really where the technology is going. It's, it's, it's less and less, like, CGI and more about being able to take a real person and put them in a different real environment uh, seamlessly. Um, so where it would have taken tons of time in post-production before, it's now become more affordable and efficient to do. Um, so it just really opens up new things we can do creatively. If I had you back on the show in a couple of years, um, how would your business look differently? Would, the, would, um, would more of it be the virtual reality side? Is that the growing side of your business? We don't know. That's the, the <laughs> <laughs> if we knew that, uh, then you know you would be sitting at my radio show. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you, this is a very lucrative gig. You really I ought know, to get, I know. I've seen involved the, in this. Like, <laughs> I've seen the tie. Uh, <laughs> so I can answer that question a little bit. So you know, we've we've kept open to how quickly the industry is evolving and camera technology, um, as well as platforms for the masses that are able to consume this. And that's that's really the big thing is that. You know, you've been able to shoot 360 video or panoramas for quite some time now. You've just not really been able to easily consume that um, on, you know, Facebook right. or YouTube or anything like that. So with us having the player, um, I think the future is really how those players would develop to let us further create content within them. Um, so if we're in this restaurant right now and we're seeing a 360 view of a thing and it's not just, you know, maybe we'll have a hot spot on the salad or the fish that we have and we can learn the recipe or dive deeper into the content within the uh, virtual reality environment. So we're ho we hope that's where uh, it's going. It just takes a lot of people to, to make that happen. And you know, I've got to ask you, you're both in industries that just continuously are changing. It's not, not like you guys are running a coal mine, you know, where it's, it was the same as it was 100 years ago. Does that keep you up at night, or does it, is it make it more exciting or more frightful? More exciting, way okay. more exciting. Really? Yes. There's, uh, because, you know, really, the truth of the matter is that question I asked you, I guess, you know, things could be very different in a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a couple of months. A couple of yeah, months. Yeah, yeah, it's not years. By the it's time like we finish the show. Like maybe <laughs> October. 
<laughs> now, there used to be an old cliche on music radio. When DJs would play new music, they'd say, remember, you heard it here first. Stacy and Ryan, I hope listeners to this conversation will remember where they were when they discovered displays and store windows are looking back at them and that they can walk around their new house while they're still sitting in their old house. It's been fascinating and illuminating talking to you both. I really look forward to keeping up with you and seeing where your technology takes us. Thank you both, Stacy and Ryan, for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks Thank so you much. Thank for you. having me. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Stacy Cannon, founder and president of Grok and Banter Incorporated, and Ryan Becknell, principal at R&D Design. You can find out more about Stacy's groundbreaking and Ryan's head-spinning technologies by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew Ellefson. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music, including his latest record, Puzzle, is at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like and... Come on, who doesn't? Uh, you can find photos from this show on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and from Iberia Bank, offering comprehensive banking services designed to meet the needs of consumer, small business, and commercial clients, serving Louisiana clients for 100 128 years and now serving a regional base with a commitment to developing people and investing in its communities, iberiabank.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp and 30 North Investments.